Hello and welcome to By Its Cover Podcast, one marriage's journey through a movie night using only the covers of movies found on streaming services. I'm one half of your host, Spree. I'm the other half, Kevin. And today we have a special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I am David Kalsgaard and I uh, just met these guys on Thrinder. They're a very <laughs> warm, embracing couple. Is that Tinder for thruples? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, and, and I believe and, it's still a real dating app. I think huh. so. I don't know. Maybe See? COVID killed it. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like uh, group sex was really the the un, unsung victim of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> there were so uh, many unsung victims. Yeah. Of COVID. There was a de- decline in pineapple purchases. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, they closed comedy clubs. They're going to come for orgies next. Uh, (laughs) We should have spoke up then. Uh, We could have been the line in the sand. Uh, I'm so sorry this is how we're starting. Can we redo this? No No way, man. This is the best stuff. (laughs) The best part, uh, Brie, whenever we have a guest, just crushes the intro. I mean, it's like radio announcer Casey Kasem voice. And then normally when it's just us, we wrote the damn script and we don't know what we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> we, trip, we trip over ourselves. It, I mean, we literally give each other high fives when we do it right the first time. <laughs> However, I don't think we've ever re-recorded an intro. We're just kind of like, Beep, let's no. just go with it. <laughs> we we treat this like it's a live show. Uh, the flaws are what you love about us. <laughs> <laughs> the beauty's in the uh, in the details no that's not right that's not the right saying we record it as many times as we have listeners okay kevin do not do not do that you're always putting down our listener count but i am not our listener is great our listener is flawless (laughs) in fact i think our listener should go steal a cell phone or two put spotify on it and play it a couple times they're gonna our one listener is gonna get tired of you suggesting that because that's like the sixth time you've done it I mean, you got to get the listener count up somehow. Our (laughs) analytics have not proven that they followed through. So I guess the seventh time's the charm. Um, So David is actually not part of a throuple with us. I'm pretty sure that his wife would have an issue with that. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's definitely not something Kevin and I have discussed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But David actually works with Kevin, or Kevin works with David on the World Series of Comedy. Uh, So he's joining us today. Um, He's also a host uh, for the World Series of Comedy. And so they've gotten to spend a lot of time with each other this 2022. Yes. (laughs) It's a lot of David working and me being like, well, I think I did this wrong. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, you did. <laughs> that's that's i care of this we, we've had we've had a bit of a rotating cast of hosts this year and i've been the only one who's gone to every event and every single time somebody comes up and is like i think i did this wrong i'm like you almost assuredly did but <laughs> i don't I even need to fav- check your work if you think you messed it up you did my favorite one is uh for all every satellite this year and we'll eventually talk about the movie, which is what we do on this podcast. My favorite thing for that's happened every year with the satellite is we introduce comics by their name, bring them <laughs> oh. up on stage, they do their time, and then we say their name and like vote for them. Mm. And every satellite, and it was it, David has been like, dude, 
will you pause before you say their name? <laughs> no, it was after and you say Because he, he's name. like, I'm trying to edit their videos and I can't get it right because you, you just like rush right into it. And so it's led to finally in Colorado Springs, I was like pausing for a full three seconds on stage. And it was just like, it, it was like, please welcome to the stage. David Cowsgard. Which I, then, thought, I thought was funny because I was thinking that you were just forgetting people's names. No. <laughs> and, you were, and then you were remembering them like after a little thought. <laughs> and so I didn't even think that's what you were doing. Yeah, and he finally he comes up very angry. He's like, dude, fucking pause. And I was like, I, I, I don't know. What is a pause to you? <laughs> and then it turns out he's like, yeah, when you say their names at the end. And I was like, oh, we could have we saved so much feuding. Um, just like a whole Texas worth of resentment could have been resolved. <laughs> if we would have said which time I said their names wrong. And that's a pretty big ass state, too. So, yeah, I drove yeah. all of it. It fucking sucks. Texas. I, I don't get why that state has so much pride in itself. I really don't either. Yeah. I, I, Everything's I'm, bigger in Texas, like the Depression. Yeah. Um, <laughs> After driving through it, I'm like, you know what? Next time they talk about seceding, let them. Go for yeah, it. Just fucking go. Yeah. It'll be like, a third Mexico, world country. And like, I'm good. <laughs> Mexico probably doesn't want it back. <laughs> We're like, oh, do we have to take them? Now, oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are actually here to watch a movie today. Um, so what I'm going to do for you, David, is I'm going to put the uh, cover on the screen for those people that are watching on YouTube. And for those that are listening, David is going to describe the cover. So if you want to get started on that. Okay, it is. Uh, it's very busy. It's mm -hmm. very busy. Uh, you have what I'm assuming is the four main characters. Mm -hmm. arranged in kind of like a diamond shape mm -hmm. uh bradley cooper's up at top and i mm -hmm. don't know who the other three uh, uh, actresses are you've got tony collette you've got um mara rooney and kate blanchett okay yeah they're all arranged in like a diamond underneath that it says all the names of all the actors on it nightmare mm -hmm. alley a bunch of the other bullshit that they always put on movie <laughs> posters that I don't like nobody reads it mm -hmm. unless you're like a super film dork uh, <laughs> the date that it comes out and at the very bottom there's an old like 1940 style like Studebaker mm -hmm. down there uh, with the headlights on and it's in an alley appropriately because the name of the movie is Nightmare Alley mm -hmm. uh, which I'm assuming this is like you know how in TV shows they do bottle episodes uh -huh. this is just one big bottle episode it takes place in an alley and it's filled with nightmares uh, oh, like the ones with birds with human faces on them or whatever you know the nightmares we all have I thankfully do not have that one. Mine is usually I forgot my locker combination from high school. <laughs> that seems way more normal than what I said. That... That's almost like a cute nightmare. Uh... <laughs> yeah. The anxiety that it induces in me is a whole nother level. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's nice to know that you don't wake up screaming in terror from time to time. It's... Nope. Yeah. What, what would Freddy Krueger 
like show up in your dreams as Brie as like just a trapper keeper that wouldn't open. <laughs> okay, so I there's <laughs> or like a peachy that doesn't have any pockets in it. <laughs> yeah, like you have to staple the paper, but there's no stapler around. <laughs> Not even a goddamn paper clip. Yeah. <laughs> um. So there's a couple things that I noticed, if I may butt in, David. Oh, go um, for it. So in this upper corner above Bradley, it says uh, seven sins, and then it has what looks to be uh, the devil underneath that kind Mm -hmm. of in, um, it almost looks like a cartoon stonework, almost like gargoyles, that uh, old cartoon, anybody? Oh, if this is a mashup with (laughs) gargoyles and Bradley, I'm in. And so then you've got the seven sins. And then actually on the other side of the cover, it says greed, wrath, pride, and lust. Uh, My guess is... Seems like they're missing three sins there. Yep, they're missing three. Um, And the alley down at the bottom, it actually looks to be in wintertime. So there's there's some snowpack down there. Um, So that was just something I thought I'd point out. Kevin, is there anything else you noticed on this cover? Uh, I also just noticed that it's like this movie uh, with the casting seemed to do let's get the non-traditionally uh, attractive women like Kate Blanchett and Tony Collette where I'm like, damn, okay, like I get it. I get it. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand it, but I get I feel things. Um, <laughs> also, uh, I'm just looking at it. Uh, so I did do the little film geek thing. This is a Guillermo del Toro movie or del Toro. Yes. Del Toro, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so okay. I'm really excited. Also, I saw Ron Perlman's in it. Yeah. Oh. So, so there's um, Willem Dafoe's also in it. Yeah. I don't know who Richard Jenkins is. I probably recognize him if I saw him. Mary Steenburgen, who I absolutely love Mary Steenburgen. And then David Strathairn. I don't know. I probably yeah. murdered his last name. Um, is this also movie has in it. people with uh, distinctive chins. <laughs> yeah, a lot of hard jaw lines. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like Kevin pointed out, Guillermo del Toro's name is on this quite frequently. Um, which, uh, David, that is one of our things is somebody that's got their name on it in more than three places on a movie, writer, director, producer, actor, even sometimes, um, it's, it's always a toss up on whether it's going to be really good or really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I think since Guillermo del Toro is the one that has his name on there several times, I think we're, I think we're going to be okay. (laughs) He's got a pretty impressive body of work Yeah, (laughs) from what I've, from what I understand. Like if you told me to name five of his movies, I'd be like, Oh, Nightmare Alley. Yeah. Labyrinth. (laughs) Oh, okay. Labyrinth. Hellboy. Hellboy. Oh, okay. Well, that um, explains why Perlman's in it then. Yeah. yeah. Is, he owes him for all those years in makeup. Was the yeah. Shape of Water his too? Shape of Water was his. Yeah. So oh, the, fish say, the only movie? thing I know about this yeah. movie yeah. is this was what Guillermo del Toro said he wanted to make after Shape of Water did really well. So this okay. was kind of like, they're like, you do Shape of Water, you get this. So, so one of those weird things that Hollywood does where it's like, we'll fund this movie, but gotta make this other weird thing first that's yeah. you gotta make a movie about fish fucking okay Guillermo <laughs> okay. that's how you get Nightmare Alley you gotta make us a, a horny for fish that get was, out there that was like 
a byproduct of the main point of the whatever we're not I'm pretty gonna... sure the main point of that movie was fish fucking breed they... like it's on the cover all right <laughs> anyways yeah. so david you kind of went over what you think this movie is going to be about but now that i pointed out the seven sins is there mm. anything you want to add to what you think this movie is going to be about uh in a m night Shyamalanian twist it turns out the alley is purgatory Ooh, i like that Okay, um, Kevin, is your cell phone more important than talking to us? Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, did you, you shouldn't ask a rhetorical question because the answer could surprise you. Um, Do you think you're better than me? Yeah. Oh, fuck, okay. <laughs> That's why I'm in the middle, because uh, I just crave the center of attention. Um, <laughs> it's why he's well lit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too well lit like my nose sometimes disappears um (laughs) i I am hoping i would love nightmare alley to actually be an anthology okay one i would love Mm. guillermo del toro like having to cut down the only thing that leans me away from thinking anthology is there's not multiple directors usually an anthology film they Mm. have other people um but i would love like vignettes seven vignettes one for each sin in this alley Mm. Um, I the the bottle actually the bottle episode idea I was like oh that sounds really interesting um, where it just gets contained within this and maybe they interweave and stuff mm. so uh, I think it's going to be centered around the idea of sins or like uh, I was looking at like that that old car and I think that's probably Bradley Cooper on his knees in front of it is my guess I'm wondering if oh, like, I didn't even notice that I didn't notice that huh I didn't notice that is he bring that back up again I'm I'm doing it. I will. I have nothing to base that on other than the fact that Bradley Cooper is the main dude on it, but there's a guy on his knees in front of it, or maybe no. he's not. No, maybe I just pictured something. Yeah, in the <laughs> bottom left. Nope, I was totally wrong. That You're, would be a first. When for it you. was zoomed out, I thought that was a person. So I'm very wrong. Huh. Well, you could be right though. I mean, we yeah, don't know. Could. But I also uh, I love me. I'm Kate Blanchett is going to be a femme fatale. Oh, like, yeah. she had me ever since she had the smoky eyes and was crushing hammers, and I was like. Oh, Kevin, you're into some weird shit, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know it's not the thruple of this situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, nobody, no bites on our Thrinder account, apparently. Uh, why don't even, why do we pay for premium, honey? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Unlimited swipes, that's why. Yeah. Uh, because it makes a pretty sound when we get notifications. <laughs> okay so since nobody's gonna ask me i also think it's going to be an anthology uh i think it will have a framing narrative uh i am highly disappointed that they put bradley cooper with a super creeper mustache it's like a thin like pencil mustache that doesn't reach his nose i don't like it um but yeah i do think that it's going to revolve around the seven deadly sins uh which actually i'm a huge fan of um i mean look at seven they did that well (laughs) i don't although i have to tell you i watched that when i was pretty young and the when he wears the dildo harness or with the or the strap on harness with the knife, then 
I that still causes me to cringe. Ugh, I hate that so much. So I hope we don't get that kind. Um, I do I think, think that description would cause most people to cringe. That's <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's universal. It's a healthy yeah. reaction. No one <laughs> should have a, like a ooh, interesting. Ooh. I um, didn't know it could be that way. <laughs> I'm hoping that um we get even though it's going to be an anthology i hope that we get characters interweaving like see them in the background um and i think that um that their nightmare is going to like haunt them and eventually cause them to push over into them going to hell like okay. a 1930s, uh, I know what you did last summer. Yeah, let's do. But it. with like adults that are like, oh yeah, we we it's 1930s. They're like, we're totally fine killing a homeless person. Do you? <laughs> do you? Think, I mean, it's most of the population at that yeah. point. <laughs> do you think there is going to be an Uzi in this movie? An Uzi? No. 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 You mean a Tommy gun? Yeah. I think there will be oh. one Tommy gun. I'm going to go three. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to think at one point a gang shows up. Oh, I like it. Okay. Okay. Do you think there is going to be any sort of um, speakeasy in this alley? Yes. Yeah. It's going to be prohibition times. I'm yeah. betting. That's that's the feel I got you, too. You know what? I want to guess the opening scene of this movie and is going to be a kind of a combination of all that stuff. Okay. We open on Bradley Cooper inside the speakeasy. Three men with Tommy guns show up, start spraying the place down. Bradley Cooper gets up, runs into an alley, and when he tries to get out, that's when he realizes he's in purgatory. <gasps> Ooh, I like because it. Because it turns out he was shot. By the three dudes with the Tommy well, guns. I wonder if they're gonna like. Uh, there's that play. Uh, Death of a Salesman. Uh, play, that short story uh, occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge, where this guy <laughs> thinks he's escaping from a firing squad or a hangman's noose, and it turns out like he just died the whole time. Like the escape is just him, his last moments alive before his neck breaks. Uh, David, in case you didn't know, Kevin was an English teacher in a past life. <laughs> Everyone should read Ambrose about Spears, Okay, <laughs> that's a that's a firm stance this podcast has always taken. Um, See, I don't like reading. There's too many reading. thoughts up here. That's the Nebraska in you. Um, <laughs> reading more makes jokes better. No, because apparently you guys didn't like the Ambrose Pierce ones I was doing. So <laughs> maybe they don't. Are, are you saying Ambrose Pierce? Bierce. So it's Ambrose. I'm pretty sure it's Bierce. Not fucking. Bierce? Damn it. Yeah, Google. Gotta be factually accurate in this it's shit. Just, it's yeah. just is a like it's a hard name to say and mm -hmm. articulate the the break in it. That's why I don't know. I was just Yeah, it's Ambrose Pierce. I'm fucking well read. Uh, I don't know why I'm defending this and getting very aggressive, but I feel like it. I, I also feel like uh, Bradley Cooper is going to be doing a New Yorker accent and it's going to slip into Rocket Raccoon at least four times. This. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt Guillermo would let that get through the full movie process. <laughs> 
I'm sure after like nine takes, he's like, fuck it, you're a raccoon now. Yeah, de- <laughs> depending on how many times it happened when they were filming, I'm sure at some point he just got frustrated and was like, this was the best take. I don't care if he yeah. sounds like Rocket. Yeah. Fuck it. At least he didn't sound like Groot. If we were just getting Shape of Water Guillermo del Toro, I would agree with you. But I also know that he kind of phoned it in on the Hobbit movies. (laughs) Wait, what? Guillermo del Toro wasn't a part of the Hobbit movies. That's why he phoned it in. He didn't do anything. Are you sure he was? (laughs) No, he wasn't. That's Peter Jackson. He's looking Oh, no, he's supposed to do one of them, wasn't he? You're so wrong. <laughs> I am. I I get wrong a lot. <laughs> All right. Well, gentlemen, do you have anything you, more you want to add before oh, we go Oh, Crimson Peak. There we go. That's my uh, shitty Guillermo del Toro movie. I, yeah, I still feel very torn about that movie because I wanted it to be something that wasn't. And it, it was, you know. <laughs> okay. Anything else you guys want to add? Not at this time. I am kind of excited now because, I, like I told Kevin, I had not heard anything about this movie. Good. That's the point. Up of this. until today, I saw like one commercial for it mm-hmm. and it left me way more confused than <laughs> it, because it was just like the commercial was just one of those trailers where it was like a bunch of like shots of like the different characters and somebody saying some cryptic, uh, cryptic bullshit. <laughs> and then Nightmare Alley. And I was like, I need to know I, more. <laughs> I don't even know what. <laughs> it does make me worry because there is a comedian on the World Series who used to do movie trailers. And he says, we always put the best part of the movies in the trailers. <laughs> and if they were just showing the shots of the characters <laughs> with nothing behind it. Just lines of dialogue. And they're like, that's just what they get. Dude, this is real bad. This I, is... I always worry when they do voiceovers from lines of dialogue on like shots from the movie. Mm. Well, that's what the that yeah, that's what the trailer was. Yeah, it was voiceovers that, like the characters weren't saying anything. It just like showed them one by one. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I love well, if you one day just got a movie trailer that's just like uh, the screams from like <laughs> surprise like ah, ah and then it's just like a door and that's all it focuses on and they're like the end okay so if this movie does not end up being uh i know what you did last summer set in the 30s uh we should write that movie and that should be the trailer for it honestly i'm surprised Rita and scooby do this one um she usually scooby doos a movie or two i was i was really feeling the anthology so when you said that, I was like, dang it, he stole mine. But then I'm like, that's what I thought. So I'm going to say it, too. I, I kind of I hope it's like Lovecraftian in a way. I know Guillermo del Toro has really wanted to do Lovecraft. So mm. I'm kind of hoping. You always want Cthulhu yeah. stuff, though. Let's be honest. Yeah, Lovecraft is difficult to do. Like, not a lot of people do it well. No. Oh, well, no. I I know. Cavins made me watch a lot of Lovecraft inspired <laughs> stuff. And there hasn't really been anything that's resonated in a positive way for me. (laughs) That was such a polite way of saying you don't like what I show you. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I think showing you Lovecraftian movies that you don't enjoy is the most Lovecraftian way to have you experience movies. (laughs) (laughs) This is why we do this podcast. So it isn't always like that. Yeah. (laughs) 
Like, oh, is this horrible and warps your mind? You're welcome. <laughs> I'll be like, let's just go pick a cover and watch a movie and not not know what it's going to be about. <laughs> okay, here's my next question. So the last movie we did uh, with a guest was Pool Boy. And that movie was so offensive and bad, we had to donate to the ACLU. What charity do you think we should donate to this one if it's bad? Ooh. Uh, first of all, I want to know what about Pool Boy was so... Oh, it was super racist. Oh, super racist. Okay. If you're ever like, hey, Brian Callen, what's something more offensive than you can do than what you have done? Oh, How about boy. Brownface? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I have not seen that movie. And now after this, probably not going to give it the nope. time of day. It was not a recommendation on our point, <laughs> on our part. Um, I don't want to go into this thinking negative like that, Kevin. So we're not going to do that. What if their sins are just puppies, puppy murders? But then we donate to the Humane Society. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, fuck you for saying that. <laughs> He's just trying to rile me up. Gosh dang it. Okay, gentlemen, let's go watch a movie. <laughs> Alrighty. And we're back, C's, after watching Nightmare Alley, C's, because they never took us alive, coppers. Bow, 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 bow. I'm not uh, sure about that, babe. <laughs> yeah, we just we just finished up Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley. Uh, David, what did you snack on during the movie? Uh, n- nothing. I I I literally just got done watching it like, uh, maybe 15 minutes before we recorded. Okay. And I've been doing an intermittent fasting thing where I don't eat until past noon, and it is past noon just now so yeah this is a really dumb thing to have out publicly but yeah that this has now become a dieting podcast that's what we're doing <laughs> well okay then <laughs> what did you guys snack on during the movie because i'm assuming you live normal lives and uh well we watched it at night we intermittent fatsing um which means <laughs> we eat up until noon and then after um so i have lost my sense of taste and sense of smell because i have covid Um, oh wonderful yeah yeah so uh i don't think i had anything i think i had some water you had a string cheese and you ate it like a fucking savage didn't string it she didn't string it right into it chomped it in the middle like uh no like a like it was a like you're biting into a chicken neck lying on the savannah that's not even true i bite both the ends and then i string it you bit it like it was a chicken and you were a geek in an opium fiend just said the same thing that i did but louder when no one else was talking so (laughs) (laughs) that happens so often to me it pisses me off when it happens too Don't worry, we'll we'll uh, we'll adjust the audio levels on this, so then you'll be really loud, and I'll just sound like a dummy that said it twice. Uh, Fantastic, good. As long as you make me look good, yeah. 
So I also nine- love how to start this part of the podcast, you uh, did not capture anything of how the people in the movie actually talked or sounded. Yeah, no, yeah. they should have talked like this. See, uh, yeah, the colonial accent. Yeah, this this movie. Okay, we were were we all wrong? Yeah, we I don't think we very got, wrong. I don't yeah. think we got was, anything right. I was way off guessing the opening scene, which, to be fair, that was a long shot. To begin with. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, way, way off guessing the opening scene. Yeah, it turns out Nightmare Alley, not really a place, just a, a state of mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Hotel California of the Depression era. <laughs> so speaking of the Depression era, this was actually set in, um, in and around 1941 because one of the trigger events and it was the start of the World War. Um mm. And so that was World War Two. Sorry. Um, and yeah, we've had a lot of them. You got to name them all. <laughs> uh, so that was one of the historical events that was happening through part of I, this. I, I even loved how because it there's like a two year gap where it goes from like 1939 to 1941, and uh, the there's that one scene where it's like they're trying to be like, what would people be talking about at this point? And you hear Willem Dafoe just like, he invaded Poland, the nerve of that guy <laughs> at one point in the movie. And then it's like two years later and we're at war. So and it's I like just kind of happening in the background. Willem the Dafoe's time. accent. Uh, normally I'm like, Willem, you can do no wrong. But that accent he chooses to do in that movie. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing, Willem? Yeah, that. Okay. Usually I like you, yeah. despite how off-putting you are. So this whole movie um, follows the life of Bradley Cooper's character. Anybody remember his name? Stan Stan Carlisle. Okay, thank you. Um, And it starts with, we see Stan burning down uh, his house that he grew up in, Gilbert Grape style, with his dead dad in it. Um, (laughs) And then he... Then he travels to be part of a circus. Yeah, we call that the Oklahoma Viking funeral. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, goes to be part of a circus and then gets involved in circus shenanigans. Also, I just love how uh, apparently circuses like are the number one most duplicitous job that you can have in America in like the 1940s. Well, even that, I wouldn't necessarily call this a circus. This was a carnival. These yeah. are carnies. This is a, yeah. one of, just a fly-by-night operation. Like a circus has like prestige to it. <laughs> yeah, this movie though, like they're just like, yeah, circuses. That's where the bad people go. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy your time. If, if it has a, if it has a, lady that can tell fortunes she's always a whore um <laughs> it's accurate and it's just it, the strong man's always gonna punch stuff and yeah it, mm. i just i love this idea that these like circuses are just or these carnivals are just like the place criminals go like if you're down and out you just go to a carnival mm-hmm. i wish we had something like that in our modern society but i guess we do they're just called open mics <laughs> I was gonna I'm say like, oh. we do. They're called carnivals. Yeah. Are we the, are we still... the geeks? Um, <laughs> yeah, we're no. 
I was like, oh shit, I've I've eaten chicken tenders like that. Oh no. This I don't like the parallels that are popping up here. Kevin's feeling real bad about decisions. Um, so Bradley Cooper's character, Stan, uh, gets a job with this carnival, uh, which we actually see as he's trying to corral their geek, which um they're a geek for a carnival is what i was just i was giggling at the fact that you're having to explain geeks to people uh geeks are the they're like a sideshow the back when they used to be able to have freak shows they were the person that they would like pretend they were half human they'd either be deformed or disabled in some way uh in this one they're people that, that have been addicted to opium that they basically get to debase themselves uh, in this case, by ripping off the heads of chickens, live chickens, and eating them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Willem Dafoe's character plays the kind of like freak show curios, like a, uh, a 1940s Ripley's Believe It or Not kind of guy. And he talks about like the process of making a geek, which I was just like, you guys are, you guys are, you're all bad people. You know that, right? Like, you seem to, <laughs> yeah. just, you guys seem to be telling this information way too freely. Like, you're like, first, we get the guy hooked on alcohol. And then we get him hooked on opium and uh, then he'll do whatever we want. And you're like, that's not good, Willem. Um, that's not a that's not a great marketing plan. Like, uh, that's the same way that like McDonald's hooks its employees. They're like, first, we get him with the French fries. Then we get him on the nuggets. And then we got our geeks. That's also the way Big Pharma has been keeping the Rust Belt docile for like 20 years now. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah like, like that guy's probably like last name was Lily. And you're like, oh, God, he's one of the Purdue family members. And like, oh, shit. He made Oxycontin. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. That's just that's their goal is like next week in Ohio, they're going to release a bunch of chickens and they're like, let's see what they do. <laughs> that's going to be you. They're like, why are we doing that? We're like, I don't know, man. We're bored. We're millionaires. <laughs> I really We're millionaires. Chickens. I haven't felt anything in about 10 years yeah. now, and I want to see blood. I don't care whose blood or what blood. I just want to see blood. Yeah. It was either this or choking a sack of puppies, and I just, these boners aren't going to get themselves. All right. <laughs> what do you think? We're going to invent drugs to do that? No, we got to murder animals. Kevin. They chose chickens. They chose chickens, Bree. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't go with strangling the puppies. They're just going to let a bunch of, you know, opiate addicts bite their necks. Yeah. Okay, so anyways, (laughs) Bradley starts uh, learning the mentalist arts uh, from the husband of the fortune teller slash bath hostess. It's because she's got a house, so she has a bath, and so... That's where they go to get cleaned up. But uh, she gives out hand jibbers real quick. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I mean, you're paying a whole dime for that bath. You might yeah. as well get something out of it. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, dude, that's a, that's a weird employee onboarding. Like, he hasn't even watched the training videos yet. And he's like, oh. <laughs> so he hasn't, even, he hasn't watched dick. the sexual harassment training yeah. video, so he doesn't know who to it's, report to. It's not this sexual story. harassment if he hasn't watched the video yet. Like, that's how... <laughs> You just see him like watching that video uh, and then just like looking at her and being like, what? What the fuck? Xena. <laughs> I see what happened Zarina. here. <laughs> no, I think it was Xena. Uh, uh, yeah, it was something close to that. Yeah. 
but not mm. spelled like the warrior princess. No, it was Z E E N A. Yeah, but she's trained by her husband, who's a a, a drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hey, spoilers, guys. Uh, drunk people are going to be a recurring theme in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I just I feel like America in the 1940s, uh, the lead up to World War Two, it was just carnivals and drunk people across the Midwest. Like that was all we had. <laughs> Because of this movie, yeah, that, you don't need to yeah. put a you well, don't need to put a stopper on that timestamp. Uh, <laughs> that still is the case throughout much of the Midwest now. <laughs> yeah, you're like, we just got rid of the carnivals because we're like, we're fucking, we can't drive there. <laughs> nope, we didn't get rid of the carnivals. We still have them, and yes, they do have very overt Christian themes. <laughs> oh, do you guys have hell houses? Yes, we do. Oh, that's awesome. What are I'm those? Go to a hell house. It's. It's essentially kind of like what you saw in the movie there, except instead of being like a fun, goofy thing, Mm -hmm. uh, it is here are all of your sins and you're a bad person and you're going to hell. It's how they get away with doing haunted houses, except instead of being like, oh, it's spooks and goblins. They're like, it's it's your sins. This is is a fun time for Halloween. (laughs) This is uh, this is the damnation that awaits you. Yeah, it's not like here's an abortion or something like I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. just. Here's fetuses of all the unloved babies. Oh, jeez. Yeah, um, they're fucking gross. But instead of like back in the 40s, which they kind of show uh, that being a fringe part of the society that uh-huh. nobody likes anymore. And the good Christian folk uh, shouldn't be going there for their entertainment because it's evil. It's now wholeheartedly endorsed and almost exclusively operated by churches and religious wow. groups. Yeah. So they went a complete 180 on it. Huh. Once they realize, oh, we can use this to our advantage. Um, fear mongering, I guess. Um, oh yeah. But that being said, we were like we were talking about the hell houses just now, and there is actually a point, and the only point in the movie where they're trying to track down their original geek, and he goes into that house thing, and it's full of the seven deadly sins that are on the cover. And then mm. there's nothing else brought up about them. I mean, besides literally Bradley Cooper's every action well, throughout the later part of the movie. Right. But I mean, <laughs> for it being for it being so prominent on the cover, oh, it yeah, was yeah. visually only in the movie for like less than a minute. Yeah. It yeah. it wasn't even Yeah. I, I think that Bradley Cooper went without speaking for longer than the actual physical representation of those sins. Yeah. Were in the movie. Yeah, the geek 10 had, minutes. He went 10 minutes without. The geek had more lines at the start of the movie. <laughs> I thought he was going to be mute. Um Stanley. I thought the whole time he was going to be mute and then all of a sudden he became like this charming, suave character that could learn tons of stuff really quick mm. and and, and my question was, was he always that kind of schemer scammer or does he just learn that as he's learning? Like, I think are, in the it, movie, they kind of mentioned something like how you get good at reading people and then yeah. he just realized, oh, I can turn reading people into conning people and scamming yeah. people. And uh, that's the natural progression of it. But they really don't talk much about like how he was before this whole thing outside of the fact that he just didn't like his dad 
Yeah. So and overtly like murders his dad. Yeah. In, in a very the, cruel way. Yeah. Taking his blanket and opening the window so he freezes to death. I'm like, damn, that's a dick move. Well, it doesn't sound like his dad was that nice of a yeah. person. But I'm also like, that's no. how my wife is going to kill me. Is just, that's how she does it now, where she's like, <laughs> the room's ice cold, and I'm just going to wrap myself in these blankets and we don't care. <laughs> this is why we each have to have our own blanket, why we don't share a blanket, because it ends up being all my blanket. <laughs> yeah, you three read it. Sorry, David. That's halfway what happens in this podcast is we just use it to work through our marital problems uh, when we just invite a guest on to referee it. So just say okay. that I'm right, and we'll move on to talk about Nightmare Alley. Uh, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, that's uh, right. I think you should just get used to bringing two blankets into the bedroom. Yes. Uh, Points for David. Yeah. So he becomes a mentalist. He seduces the, like, electricity girls. Molly. Molly, yeah, he yes. he like seduces her to run away from the circus after killing Zarina's husband. Eat, yeah, by giving Which, him wood alcohol. Like I kind of saw that coming. Dude, this movie it, is it's it's as soon as that like they, you know how that there's that old expression: if you show the gun in the first act, you have to use it by the third act. They mm -hmm. would show things like clear ways that this guy's about to kill somebody mm -hmm. or what the next step is and they would same scene like yeah we're doing it now He'd pull oh, this, that we're, we're not waiting yeah. yeah 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 this movie is foreshadowing like 101 where they're like hey we're gonna set this up and then you like you this is gonna get called back and they're like you're gonna do it really quick you know um mm. Zarina's husband pete is like hey don't ever do a spook show like it's wrong you're tricking good people and then like that comes back i mean so many things just this movie just like builds on it so much and uh it's really like in some ways it's really cool but you're also kind of like oh we're not we're not gonna be we're not doing this <laughs> subtle at all or, no. you're not gonna leave me guessing so when uh stan and molly run away together they become a pretty successful mentalist act and they have they live out of the hotel that they perform their act in and um two shows a night two shows a night yeah sold out yeah um, I was like, i'd like that we actually <laughs> don't get to see their like build up to that point we hit we're we're brought back in when they've already started their downfall like people aren't as excited or they're their teamwork is just not as tight as it used to be because you see Molly practicing and he rags on her for not doing it right. Mm -hmm. um, so you can Which see also that. Dick move. She has the hardest job in the, of that show of the mentalist show. He just has to sit there and listen for like mental cues. She has to go through all of the, like, like all of the actual stuff. Like, okay, how am I feeding this to him? So mm -hmm. he can actually do the act. I feel yeah. like David and I uh, are, are like, yeah, Molly works really hard. Okay. Like she has to do a lot and you just get to sit there and have your name on it, man. <laughs> uh, you and your fucking fancy tuxedo and your jorts. Joe. Oh, no. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> just sitting there like, hey, Bradley Cooper up there with his nuts hanging out. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, inside joke for any of our World Series of Comedy <laughs> listeners. 
We're like, fuck it, I can do that. And then you're like, ah, oh, that's got to, both jobs sound kind of shitty. Um, yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah, he, he's doing his mentalist thing. He, um, has this femme fatale played by Kate Blanchett, which I love that Kate Blanchett's 53, Bradley Cooper's 47. You yeah, know. that's way old for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, compared to, you know, some celebrities where they're yeah. like, hey, we are long time dating. I started when she was 18 and I'm in my 50s. <laughs> Fuck you, um, Dane Cook. Fuck you. Really? You started when she was 18. You yeah. waited that long, eh? Um, <laughs> totally believable, bud. Yeah. Yeah, there's no 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 thing to examine there. It's mm-hmm. uh But yeah, she she kind of tries to disrupt his show and he like goes after her. Um mm-hmm. and it's the line there's so he says something that becomes pivotal later that she parrots back at him, which he says you're not as powerful as you think you are. Mhm. Um, because like, this is what I thought kind of was interesting in this movie. Um, I actually thought those two characters were my most interesting with Stanley and, uh, Lilith, um, was like one, if her name is Lilith and that's like the temptress in the Bible and like all that stuff, like don't ever hang out with a person that's got like a cryptically biblical name. (laughs) David. In a noir movie. If you're like, Hey man, uh, people's the shadow on people's faces seems to fall right on their eyes. I don't trust anyone that's got a name that's like an allusion to something. You know, if somebody's yeah. like, oh, that's Eden. I'm like, fuck it is. Uh, right? I'm not eating an apple near that crazy bitch and just wander away. Uh, you're like, oh, that that that's Kane. And you're like, mm, all right, we're going to keep rocks out of his hands. Surprisingly, I trust Kane more than yeah. Eden or Lilith. Yeah, not but. my brother, not my problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... There were a couple things that were pretty badass about Lilith. I mean, they set her up in this pretty immaculate, awesome office. And she's a psychologist, um, which it's 1941, people. And she's a lady that's got, she's a doctor. I mean, that's pretty impressive. All the men folk were off fighting Hitler. Uh, They wouldn't (laughs) have no lady brain doctors. But she has uh, she has a stellar setup in her office. She's recording things like she's uh, she's a smart cookie. And at one point she reveals that she's had some sort of bad history event uh, in the fact that she's got quite the scar down her chest. Um, And I think that that was and correct me if I'm wrong. She may have actually said this uh, implied that a, a shitty dude did it to her. Mm. Well, she, she reveals a scar when she's talking about, she's giving a speech about messing with people in power, like trying to warn Bradley Cooper about messing with people who are too powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm assuming that given her position, given her power structure, she, you know, and the nature of her job where powerful people mm-hmm. spill their secrets to her, she fucked around with one of those secrets and somebody wanted revenge for whatever she might have done that's what i read into that scene the the guy at the is it grimly or grimble grim ezra ezra yeah yeah. he he talks about how he hurts he'd hurt women yeah and i almost went she mentions that he was an unstable like 
patient. I was like, oh, I wonder if she's mm. using Bradley Cooper as a weapon against him. That's what mm. I was wondering, too. At the to same time that she's psychologically, fucking, yeah. Fucking mm-hmm. over Bradley or yeah. Stan. Well, so I I don't want to give too much away about the ending because there's some there's a lot of good um story weaving that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also think that the main Chekhov's gun at the end is something you don't really want to give away, although Kevin called it like 20 minutes into the movie. There are a couple things I wanted to mention, being one being that I absolutely loved the Art Deco feel of of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the the atmosphere that they were able to create uh, definitely evoked some feelings right along with the storyline. I mean, it was very intentional. The coloring, the the set work, the shots. Um, and how uh, well it was done. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I love about that that kind of noir time period and that noir style mm-hmm. uh, is that they heavily go into like that whole 20s to 40s, just the whole art styling and architecture styling at the time of the... I love that. That's my favorite. I, that's my favorite, I guess, architecture mm-hmm. is Art Deco. Uh, everything else just seems too modern, clean, and I don't like it. I like stuff that it was like, it took them 12 hours to make that sconce over there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and somebody died while they were doing it. So <laughs> I love that. Uh, could do with a, without a lot of the other stuff that was happening at that time frame, but I think that was a great time frame, yeah, yeah. <laughs> architecturally speaking. So what we're saying is that if you like cool architecture, there's got to be a certain amount of human suffering going on around. That <laughs> you have to be okay with, yes. There was plenty of that in this movie. <laughs> That's why Ikea looks good, because as we all know, Sweden is a land of misery. <laughs> I don't think that. Yeah, they actually rate higher on happiness index than Americans, yeah. but <laughs> doesn't no. everybody? It's misery yeah. and lingonberries is really what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, the, this movie looks really uh, like I think it looks really nice. Uh, some mm-hmm. of the shots in it are really cool. Um, I think I think my biggest complaint about it is oh my god that runtime two hours and thirty minutes. Yeah, if I had seen that, I wouldn't have recommended this movie. I, I'm sorry about that. I didn't realize it till I sat down to watch it, and I was like, "Oh, I'm pushing right up to when we're going to record this <laughs> podcast to get yeah. this in." That's. I think that that was the hardest thing for me was the. Uh, I understand the deliberate slow pace of it, mm. but it was at a certain point I was like, "Okay, let's pick this up, people." I mean, we can. You've pulled that gun, and it's spinning in the air like I'm Superman running away from it, and I can see it coming from miles away. Like, let's let's get that bullet yeah. into action. Yeah, kind We've, of thing. That was such uh, a weird metaphor you just did for Chekhov's gun all the way through. <laughs> uh, uh, I get where I get where you're going. Yeah, it's you. You know, you like. This movie's not subtle enough that you're like, oh, I'm surprised by this twist. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wonder, since it's a remake of a 1947 movie based on a 1946 novel, I'm like, that must have hit different then. Because yeah. the surprise now, you're like, oh, yeah, that's not. You mean a 
the person that goes to the height of power is hoisted by their own petard and they're like <laughs> their yeah, that was a novel concept their back then. oh no not in <laughs> fiction that's never been a theme <laughs> the, I, honestly I wasn't I wasn't surprised by pretty much anything in this movie until like that end little bit of action stuff I was like oh this escalated very quickly like the yeah. whole pace of the movie is slow yeah. except for like that maybe 15 minute bit there kind of near the end where I'm like oh a lot's happening all at once <laughs> yeah. and I think it's because they didn't want this movie to be 3 hours and 30 yeah. minutes <laughs> and I loved uh, like Kate Blanchett uh, there's that line that she has where she's just like am I powerful enough for you now that's mm-hmm. like it's just one line that's her entire motivation mm-hmm. for why she's done this and you're like oh damn that's like commitment well it's commitment but it's also just like oh that's cold like it's also this nice reminder too uh because it's this guy that's like i'm gonna challenge these powerful people or i'm not gonna even necessarily challenge them but like i'm gonna rob them and then she's just like no man i've been doing this for fucking longer than you've been around like (laughs) like could you imagine a modern day version of this where it's like bezos or musk Oh. And you're just huh. like, you're like, yeah, what are, what are you going to do? Yeah, she has that. She says something to me like, oh, you're an oaky with straight teeth. What yes. did you think you were going to do here? And I was like, damn, this is like Kate Blanchett dropping roasts. <laughs> Dude, she her character ended up becoming way more badass than I was anticipating. Yeah. Uh, because I was like, uh, I, didn't, I didn't start connecting a lot of the stuff that she's doing until we started talking about her character because I haven't had time to sit with the movie right. because I just finished watching it. But yeah, she, uh, she's been fucking with powerful people and taking their money from them. The same thing, the same grift essentially that Bradley Cooper's character was mm-hmm. doing, yeah. uh, just better. but for better and way longer and far more legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm never not, going to therapy now <laughs> because of this movie. But so you gotta love. I love that it's like 1940s psychology. So she's mm. just like sitting there and she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. "Do you want to fuck your mother? <laughs> okay. No, no fuck mother. Little fuck mother. Why is she German all of a sudden? Because she's a that she would still be doing Freud. Like that would still be oh. psychoanalysis at the time. Would be like, because mm. she even makes mention. She's like, "Oh, you think I have an electric complex?" And I'm like, "That's not good psychology." <laughs> no, no. So, uh, so many of those tapes are gonna be like, "Yeah, I'd, I'd fuck my mom." <laughs> I am not making a clip of what you just said. <laughs> and then people listen to it and they're like, "Yeah, this will." 2022 this is gonna come back around big time people are gonna get stuck in so many washing machines <laughs> <laughs> under oh. so many tables yeah oh my god oh. guys okay so um let's talk covers mm. david what would you do to change the cover of this movie um somewhere maybe in the bottom where that uh where the car was in the alley on that Mm -hmm. poster uh have the carnival yep have the let let the folks know where you're gonna spend over half the movie Mm -hmm. uh and then at some point like give a little bit more of a cue that it's gonna be a mentalist as Mm -hmm. well 
Uh, I'm not sure how you visualize that, mm-hmm. but that's those are the two changes. Everything else on the poster, I think, was fine. Like even the seven deadly sins up there, because those while the words only appear sh- briefly, the theme of them mm-hmm. runs throughout really well. Uh, but yeah, I think those are the only real choices I would make. Okay. Uh, the the one choice I would make to the film overall, lose the mustache, Bradley. Yes! It doesn't look good on you. <laughs> it does not look good on you. Kevin, what would you do to change the cover? Uh, you know, I was thinking, first off, the mustache thing. Also, second off, uh, talk more with a C's accent, you know? Kevin! Uh, Muggsy Bogues that shit. That um, is... That I mean, is... they were up in the New York area. That's <laughs> Muggsy. Wait, was Muggsy Bogues the basketball player? Did I just say basketball player? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I... Are you talking about Bugsy Malone? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. Talk... jam it up. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Talk like Muggsy Bogues. <laughs> okay. uh, but um, I think I would do Bradley Cooper getting that blindfold, the mentalist blindfold with the third or the kind of the uh-huh. eye on it. Mm. But it's Kate Blanchett putting it on him. So oh. she's blinding him with his own like mm. perceived power um, would be my recommendation. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm not sure I would have anyone other than Bradley Cooper on the cover. Um, the other characters are important in the story, but really it's his story. Mm. Um, I think I I definitely do what David did in the fact that I'd have the carnival somewhere on there um whether it be the title in those carnival lights or um they actually did have a big top so i would do a big top somewhere um just to invoke that that feeling i think the color scheme is correct because that was very accurate to the movie Mm -hmm. um but yeah i definitely wouldn't and really nightmare alley the title it's they mention it once and it's in there the concept of nightmare alleys in there like twice it's such not a major part of this movie mm-hmm. um so i'm not even sure i'd keep the same title it yeah it's got to be what a would reference you call it? to yeah. something in the freaks like, and geeks time. yeah <laughs> <laughs> the mentalist <laughs> 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 um, <Yeah. laughs> okay so how about the prestige um... <laughs> <laughs> the illusionist <laughs> yeah so like i'm trying to remember oh also uh i'm not familiar with the biblical story of enoch i just i know brie is definitely not Do no. you, are you david at all i mean i remember the name I remember yeah. some of the story, but not enough that I could feel confident retelling it. Hold I, on. I, so one of the weirdest decisions in this movie is this: there's two scenes. William Defoe shows off this pickled baby with a third eye, which I'm like, I get the third eye imagery mm-hmm. um, that it killed its mom and then like flopped around for a couple days crying and then died. But then at the end of the movie, Bradley Cooper arrives at another circus and they make mention of this guy bought it off Willem Dafoe's character. Mm -hmm. But then what's super weird is the movie chooses to do this weird, 
when the credits are rolling, 3D rendered Enoch, like CGI generated, and we're just like camera panning over him and going into the cleft or cut open skull of this dead pickled baby. Yeah, it was a weird mm-hmm. choice. And I'm like, does why? I'm just like, is there something in this that I don't understand? Also, that's the CGI you choose to use in this movie. Is <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> the CGI work in this movie, not great. Like no. the fire at the very start of the movie. Oh yeah, it was not. It was that not was stellar. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. I like go if you're gonna have that, go with a practical effect. Yeah. Like yeah. everything else in the movie was a practical effect it's weird because like we've been handling fire for a while in real yeah. life like <laughs> we've kind of got it down a little bit you think we could make a, a that look real but yeah i just pickled babies bro pickled babies mm. maybe that's the new cover just enoch pickled but again like that would make me think this movie is going to have some horror elements and i guess it does because like bradley yeah. cooper's fate is truly horrific yeah. okay i'm trying to go through here real quick the christianity got.com the story of enoch uh by the way so many pop-up ads uh we're not surprised well jesus did love money uh it was one of his most famous stories (laughs) wait i thought that was judas and there's a great article on the side here called is god a feminist uh And I'm going to assume that they're probably going to go hard in the no. uh, (laughs) If I know anything about modern day Christianity. Uh, So Enoch was Adam's great, 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 great grandson. And Noah's great grandfather uh, lived a holy, faithful life to the Lord. He became the father of Methuselah, the longest living man. Throughout his three plus centuries on Earth, he had a a number of offspring after 365 years on earth god takes him away the verb takes appears to mean snatch up or carried away uh similar to the way that god had taken away elijah the prophet so he is one of two people in the bible who were taken directly to heaven without having to experience death oh and now you two can help connect some dots for me here because i completely missed the enoch references in the movie i guess yeah, I don't think there's any connection. All right. <laughs> because Great. that that I mean, what does a a dead third eye baby have to do with somebody living a long time and getting to go straight up to heaven? Yeah, I I, I the only thing that the only thing that I got was the that third eye where it was like that's supposed to be like the mentalist thing for Stan, but and maybe it's because it starts in the carnival or circus and ends back in the carnival, you know, mm-hmm. but fucking nah, man, this is, this isn't <laughs> like, this isn't like Lilith where I'm like, okay, I get where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, maybe it has something to do with living a, a righteous life being spared, uh, death, which is essentially just downfall. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Like if if uh, Bradley Cooper would have not been a uh, not believed his own bullshit, he would have been fine. Yeah, yeah. And he if he had lived a righteous, pious life, 
this movie is essentially two and a half hours of getting people to believe in Christianity. Um, I'm kidding. That's <laughs> and, not, and not all of the booze is wood alcohol. You know. <laughs> um, David, would you recommend this movie to our listeners? Yes, yes, I would. If okay. you have two and a half hours to spare, <laughs> I would actually recommend this movie. I thought it was. I, th- I just thought it was very good. You, there might be some things where you're like, why the fuck? And mm-hmm. this needs to go faster. But overall, yeah, good movie. Okay. Kevin? Yeah, I enjoyed my time with it. Okay. Um, I thought the performances were great. Um, it was kind of neat to see a more modern noir that's a remake. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, cut out half an hour of this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere. Somewhere. You can find you can find the places. <laughs> um, what about I, you, Bree? I would recommend this movie, um, with the caveat of if you have the time, don't prioritize it over something else. Hmm. But if what if what we've said has intrigued you and you want to know what we haven't said, then yes, definitely watch this movie. Hmm. Yeah, and you know, be nice to geeks. Yeah. yeah, freaks. And, uh, and learn nerds. what opium tastes like and notice it in your <laughs> drinks. Uh, <laughs> you know, just so that way you know. Do you, do you know not. how terrified now I am of every beverage somebody hands me? I'm like, is this opium? <laughs> is, is this a long con? Um, really, what is going on here? Because what it made me want was poppy seed muffins. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, I could just see you. Like, there's an opium den, and you're they're just like all smoking their hash pipes or their their opium pipes, and you're just there baking muffins, being like, <laughs> we're the same, we're the same. <laughs> Give me the muffins. Just we all have our demons. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, somebody's just got a, a chicken in the cage and just a muffin on a string, and they're just like, get a freak. <laughs> Come on, get it, Brie. That's how you geek me is. Yeah. Get, me, get me a poppy seed muffin. <laughs> They're like, oh, this is way cheaper than the alcohol and opium. And we just make a couple for the crew that don't have the opium yeah. in it. <laughs> All right, uh, David. So this is your time to plug anything that you want our listeners slash oh, watchers. Before we do that, can I, Guillermo, Guillermo, my man. Make a goddamn Lovecraft anthology. <laughs> Can you do that, bud? We pitched it at the start of this. Three mm-hmm. of us. Where's You're like the shit? only person we think could pull it off. Yeah. Do Get it. Get on it, Guillermo. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm sure David. he'll hear this. Plug those pluggables. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can follow me on uh, Instagram at David underscore Cowsguard. Uh, that's K-O-U-S-G-A-A-R-D. Uh, and you can check me out at davidcowsgard.com uh, see whatever I'm going what I'm doing uh, in September I'm going to be out in Vegas with Kevin at the World Series of Comedy main Woo-hoo. event uh, we're going to be LA so Club. tired yeah. LA Comedy Club 11th through the 16th and then on the 17th we'll be at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club inside the MGM Grand yeah Heck yeah. it's going to be a fun time Kevin, where can we find you on uh, all You can social? find me on everything from Twitter to TikTok at Kevin underscore egg or at KevinEggleston.com. And Bree, where can we find you? Where can we see you? 
You can find us, our podcast, on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Tumblr at By Its Cover Pod. And you can find us on YouTube, By Its Cover Podcast, as well as Facebook. And we really appreciate having David on for this episode. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you guys for having me. It was fun. Yeah. You've been a delight and you've made me laugh. So points all around. Hell yeah. <laughs> and now we'll cut to a CGI pickled baby. No. Okay. But Perfect. I will end on this. Comedy is the new sex. Comedy is the new sex. <laughs> Comedy is the new sex. Comedy is the new sex.